see you. I always welcome our guests first time. I'm glad you decided to check us out. You know, where you are in your spiritual journey or experience, glad to have you with us. Always good to have folks join you online as well. Uh, this message today is going to affect you differently, I think, depending on whether or not you're a Christian. Because if you're a Christian, you look at this awful story and you see how people fighted against Jesus and you understand why it had to happen. And you're glad that it happened, but you know, you took you took Jesus' side. But if you're not a Christian, you may not know what to do with this story. Uh, you may not know where you stand right now. And so you're checking all this out. There's an interesting interaction that takes place here with Pilate if you ask, whose friend are you? And you're going to be confronted with that same question today. That's what you start understanding trials. And a lot of different overnight, super illegal trials before Jewish authorities, he's been before Annas, Caiaphas, the Sanhedrin, King Herod, and finally the final trial here is with Pilate himself, the Roman governor. He has been mistreated, mocked, humiliated, beaten, taunted, and they're all in this unholy alliance coming together to try to kill the common enemy. Common threat, like we have all passed the buck, and it's now the final buck gets the pilot, who is the political authority, who alone has the ability to put Jesus to death for what they're saying is a sexual crime. But Pilate, despite his ruthless reputation, knows that Jesus hasn't committed any crime. He's the only one trying to stop this conspiracy to get a rigged verdict. And Jesus, he's all he's done so far, really, is claim to be a king over a spiritual kingdom. A kingdom not of this world. And that's what he's being mocked for. So Pilate has declared by this point several times, no, I don't find any fault with this man. Now, when the Jewish authorities are charging him, they charge him not with a civil, civil kind of crime, but with a religious one that, well, he's claiming to be the Son of God. He's claiming to be divine. And that really is the issue. That's what the stake is. Who is Jesus? Is he really God? Because if he is God, then, well, But nobody believes that. I mean, nobody among the Jewish authorities. They've seen all the evidence. They've seen his perfect life. They've heard his incredible teachings. They've witnessed his miracles. And yet, that, none of that convinces them. They, they even know that he's fulfilling prophecies here. But they feel justified in putting him to death because their law, the, the Jewish commandments, demand that anybody committing blasphemy be put to death. And that means to be stoned to death. But they, that right was stripped from them by their Roman oppressors. So they have to bring him to the governor so that he can be executed. Get him to kill him for them. But of course, it's not going to be in a Jewish way by stoning, and that's in the Roman way by crucifixion, which is way worse. I mean, stoning is horrific enough, but crucifixion lasts a lot longer. Jesus is on trial in the world. The religions all claim that Jesus is a good man, a great man, an enlightened man, a prophet. But they don't consider him God. All the Christian cults who claim to follow Jesus don't follow the real Jesus because they don't believe he's God either. So I would question why did he even bother revering Jesus as a good man or a great man if he's wrong? 
see what a bloody mess he is? Does that satisfy your bloodline? They're more inflamed by it. They want more. They want him dead, tortured to death. Because it's not. Because it will never be enough. Why did you even bother flogging him? If he's so innocent, you should let him go. No, he's obviously guilty. We want him dead. And who's leading the charge? The chief priest. The officers. Everyone's got him crucified. Crucified. How unbelievable is it that Roman says if the people who are right there witnessing this up close weren't led to repent by what they were doing, what hope is there for people today who don't get to see this firsthand but only can read about it or hear about it or maybe see it reenacted on a screen? What, what chance do they want? Jesus hears the word crucified. 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 But in heaven, he hears the word holy. Holy. This unholy alliance of corrupt religious authorities and pagan politicians, the whole political system, and the mob violence together seems to prevail. And yet Jesus is still in control. This has to happen if he's going to become our savior. Control because of the way he's going to die. The Jews aren't allowed to stone him. And that's not what we're talking about. And the Jews say to Pilate, well, we'd like to crucify him. You want us to, you want us to kill him, but we can't do it. We're not allowed. He hasn't committed a capital crime in your eyes, but he has ours. Because he claims he's the son of God. He has to die. Pilate had sentenced a lot of people to be first over the years. Sent a lot of people to their death, but there was something different about this one. He's free. I mean, all Rome cares about is peace and order and justice. But Pilate is feeling the pressure from this huge crowd that has dwelled into Jerusalem for the Passover, from the south of the peace priests, the rulers of the Jews, these officers. He's even feeling the pressure from his own wife. Who's trying to warn him about Jesus? In Matthew 27, she says, I have nothing to do with that righteous man, that innocent man. For I suffer much because of him today in a dream. He's got a nightmare about Jesus. What's he supposed to do? Who's he supposed to listen to? He's got this huge choice, and he's in absolute turmoil. And it reminds me so greatly of the scene from the original Star Wars trilogy, The Son of Jedi. You remember when? The emperor is torturing Luke Skywalker who's down on the ground. The lightning bolts are shooting out of his fingers at him. Very painful. And Darth Vader is watching all this. Or alert. His father is watching his son being tortured to death. But then he wants to free his master, the emperor. He wants to, to, to remain in power. But what do I do? And so even behind that black mask, you can see the turmoil, the choice he wants to make. And of course, he makes the right choice that he ever throws him down the shaft. He's done with. He is redeemed. He is redeemed. had the same kind of choice, the same kind of turmoil. I want to please the emperor. I want to please Rome. I want to please the mob. I want to please the, the rulers. 
I don't want to kill Jesus because I know he's innocent. I mean, he's a good man, and maybe, maybe more than that. What do I do? And I think he makes the wrong thing. He's not redeemed by his faith. He lets it happen. Did he really have a choice? Did Tyler have free will? Absolutely. Just like Judas experienced. God had to happen this way, but God didn't force them. God foreknew it would happen. He foreknew that a weak and wicked man like Pilate would let it happen, but Pilate didn't have to be the one to make this happen. He willingly chose to let it happen. He's he's afraid. Probably afraid of Jesus himself. What if this guy really is more than a man? So he brings him back inside. He says, Who are you? Where are you from? Because the Romans and the Greeks had all kinds of myths about their gods coming down to earth as men. The sons of God, like Perseus and Hercules. Maybe Jesus was, was somebody like that. And what if he really is divine? What if his kingdom is not of this world? And I condemn him, then I'm really messed up. Then I've really brought destruction on myself. Where are you from? Jesus remains silent. Pilate doesn't deserve an answer because he's answered enough for him to know that. Pilate doesn't really want the truth. He doesn't even know what truth is. Remember, he said, what is truth? Pilate throwing his way around. Do you know who I am? Do you know what I can do to you? I can release you or I can kill you. And Jesus responds in verse 11. You would have no authority over me at all unless it had been given you from above. Therefore, he who delivered me over to you has the greater sin. So Pilate doesn't understand me. Listen with you. This Jesus is the real judge. All the power of Pilate has been delegated to him from God. Jesus is letting this happen. Really, all authority that governments have has been delegated from God. Because God wants us to have a just and orderly society. And when governments use that God-given authority properly, we've got a good society. But we know history. We know the present. And we know that governments don't operate properly. They do not use their God-given authority properly because they often abuse that authority. And they act illegitimately. And they overstep their bounds into other realms of God's delegated authority to the family. And to the church. And sometimes they act like they're God themselves. They usurp his authority. So any king or governor or mayor or congressperson or president who does not use their God-given authority properly is acting illegitimately. Here in our nation, what is our highest authority? It is the Constitution. Not a person, the Constitution, which recognizes God as our supreme authority. That's the way it should operate. God is our highest authority. He's where our rights come from. Pilate's acting like he's God here. And he is responsible for his decisions. Yet we also notice he's just a pagan politician. If somebody else is carrying greater responsibility, who? Jesus doesn't say. 
could be Judas Iscariot. Betrayed him. He's been a devil from the very beginning. It could be Caiaphas, the high priest, who claimed to know God and know the scriptures, and yet was looking for a way to kill Jesus and rig a trial against him. Wouldn't let him have a fair trial. Maybe it's just a way of talking about all of the corrupt Jewish authorities. But they bear the most responsibility. They hand them over. They incite the crowd. Throughout church history, till now, whenever spiritual authorities do not use their God-given authority properly, they are acting illegitimately too. And you're not going to listen to them. James, the brother of Jesus, will say how those who teach in the church have greater responsibility. They will be judged more quickly. Why? Because they have greater influence and they claim to know better. So, we do to know the scriptures and the commandments and the prophecies. Two have known better than a Roman prison politician. So they have more opportunity, they have more rights, they have more privilege, therefore more responsibility. Okay, are you talking about like worse things than others? Well, you have to know, I mean, all sin is sin, guilt is guilt. It doesn't matter if you sin once a day or a thousand times a day. You're still guilty. But different sins carry different levels of consequence and punishment. I mean, Jesus once said it would mean more bearable on the day of judgment for Sodom and Gomorrah than it would be for Capernaum. Why? Because he had been in Capernaum, in person, teaching, doing miracles, and they still rejected him. He said, if I had showed up in Sodom, they would have repented he had told us there's different levels of accountability. And even in eternity, that there may be different levels of hell, different forms of punishment. And it makes me fear for the judgment that's bound to fall on our nation because we have been so blessed, so privileged, had so much right and opportunity because of the scriptures and the gospel, and we squandered it. Our nation, our laws, and our leaders have squandered it and have actually fought against God. Politicians who claim to be Christians fight against God. So Ruth Lamb reportedly once said to her husband, Billy, if God doesn't come clean and bring judgment on the United States, he's going to have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah. How much more true is that now than when she said it almost 50 years ago? If we stand for what's true and godly, we should accept and be prepared for the world to turn against us. It's happening all over the place. You know it's coming here. You may as well be ready because Jesus said, if they hated me, they hate you. If they mistreated me, they mistreat you. Because Peter later reflects on the way Jesus responds to all this injustice and suffering. He writes, When he, Jesus, was reviled, he didn't revile him again. When he suffered, he didn't threaten, but continued and trusting himself to him who judges justice. But how should he respond in similar situations? Therefore, let those who suffer according to God's will entrust their souls to a faithful creator while doing good. We have a just who is watching over us, who sees what we're going through, and will one day vindicate us. So, 
we should continue saying what is true, standing up for what is right, and continue being good no matter what people say about us or threaten us with or do against us. Because everybody's going to have to stand before God and give an account Justice will come. Now, finally, he keeps trying to release me that nothing's working. So finally, the mob turns on him and begins to accuse him of treason. And they accuse him of being a traitor. If you release Jesus, you are no friend of Jesus. Because Jesus is a, a rival to the emperor. He's another king. So they're really playing dirty now, but the whole thing has been dirty. And Pilate's feeling the heat. He knows he's on thin ice with Rome. He doesn't want to report being sent back. But he's being a traitor. So he has to decide. You want to be a friend of Caesar? Or do you want to be a friend of Jesus? And that's the question we all have to deal with. Are you going to be friends? Are you going to be friends of the world? Are you going to be friends of Jesus? Who are you going to stand with and for? He's sitting with Jesus, and others are rejecting him and reviling him. So the big idea is a friend of Jesus is loyal to Jesus. Always. No friend of Jesus or of this world that is under the sway of the evil one. Caesar is not Lord. Jesus is my king. Rome is not my home. I'm a citizen of the kingdom of God because I have pledged allegiance to Jesus. I have confessed him as Lord and I bow my knee to him and him alone. That's the stand we have to take. So Pilate brings Jesus before the crowd and says, Behold your king. Not just behold the man, but now your king, which is part of being a little ironic. Like, look at this guy. Does he look like a king? Look at the bloody mess he is. Does he look like he's a rival to the emperor? Seriously? Just make him all the more easy. Take him away. Crucify him. Crucify your king? That's not our king. Caesar is our king. We have no king but Caesar. Really? How about God? How about God is your king? Since when did you Jewish authorities side with Caesar? Since when did you side with your oppressor over the Messiah? So content are they not having Jesus reign over them that they side with this pagan Roman king. Unbelievable. Sometimes now, what Christians will do to make a good sermon is they will point out how the crowd few days earlier, on Palm Sunday, are shouting, Hosanna! Hosanna to Jesus! And now here on Good Friday, they're shouting, Crucify! Crucify! I don't think that's legit. I don't believe it's the same stuff. I think we're seeing too much when we say the same people. So back on Palm Sunday, there's a big crowd of people from all over, where Jesus is very popular. Today, this Friday, in the courtyard of Palmer, not the same people. These people that got there early have been rounded up by the Jewish authorities and were doing their bidding for them. We've got to get ready. Come down. When Passover's coming, we want to be able to celebrate our big Jewish festival. So let's get this dirty business of conspiracy lies and murder out of the way first. What's important is that we have a party. The point of Passover here, guys. You know what Passover was about? It's about when we were under the thumb of another oppressive nation. The Egyptians, they were slaves. 
Remember that? And God was going to get justice for us by delivering us, sending the tenth plague, the angel of death, to go through and wipe out all the firstborn of the Egyptians. He would fail us if we would slaughter a plan, sacrifice and shed blood over the door things of our home. Then we would be saved if the death angel passed over and we go free. At the very same time, they're calling for the slaughter of the Lamb of God, Jesus. You can hear the bleeding of Lamb being slaughtered for the people. Passover was coming about Jesus. He came to be the Lamb, whose blood would be applied to our lives so we could be free from our bondage to sin, so that we could be spared from death. Death was passed over us. The innocent lamb dies in place of the guilty, so we, the guilty, can go free. And Jesus does it for them. He's dying for Pilate, for Herod, for Caiaphas, for the mob, for the soldiers that are beating him and cursing him and mocking him and spitting on him. He did it for us. The world sends him on. He didn't deserve it, we did. They're judging the judge of the universe. Jesus is standing in front of Hannah and Caiaphas and Herod and Pilate. But one day, Jesus is coming back and they will all stand before him. Like we all will. We all will have to do the test. Every Christian. Pilate makes his final choice. Matthew Castle records how he walked his hands in front of the crowd to get rid of the guilt, to catch the buck, to deflect the blame. And as brutal and cruel as Pilate was, he knew that he was doing wrong. But he wouldn't make a choice to do what was right. And so his brother James later will write in day 14, whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it,
and he lays the responsibility on them. He says in Acts 2 23, this Jesus delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. Yes, God planned it, but you carried it out to these wicked men on Passover. Again, how do you think this is the same crowd of people he's talking to Acts 2? But they each bore responsibility. This is you and I bear responsibility. It's our sin that got him nailed to the cross. We're responsible. And yet Peter goes on to say that God vindicated Jesus by raising his son from the dead. Verse 36, let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him the Lord in Christ, this Jesus whom boot. You, you crucified. Now this crowd could have called out, what are you talking about? We weren't there. It's not our fault. Don't blame us. We didn't sentence Jesus to death. He said, verse 37, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. They didn't wash their hands. They said, we're guilty. We believe. And they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brothers, what shall we do? They want to respond to the gospel. They know they need forgiveness. They need a savior. How does Peter respond? Verse 38, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So we don't bow to the culture. We don't care what anybody says about us. We make our choice. James said again, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Which side are you on? Whose friend are you and whose enemy are you? You can't be on neutral ground. You can't claim to be Switzerland and say, I'm neutral. You've got to choose the side. A friend of Jesus is loyal to Jesus. How loyal has he been to you? Or are you a friend of the world? Do you, you put your friend above Jesus? Do you choose your family over Jesus sometimes? Do you choose your co-worker, teammates? Do you choose... Uh, the, the, the easy way to go with the flow of the crowd. Do you see the a false faith faith that's easier to follow instead of the truth? Remember back in John 12 it says, Many, even of the authorities, believed in you. So some of the rulers believed in Jesus, but for fear of the Pharisees, they didn't confess it. They wouldn't openly admit it so that they wouldn't be put out of the synagogue. That's not an option. Jesus told his disciples, you have to choose. Matthew 10, he says, So everyone who acknowledges me before men, I also will acknowledge before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. And so you can't claim to be a close friend of Jesus and then act like he's barely an acquaintance. Jesus did all of it openly for you. He suffered and died in front of everybody. Are you willing to openly embrace him? You need to make a choice today. Choose the right way. Choose the right way. Let him convict you of your sin. Repent of it and be baptized. Be washed clean, not just your hands, but your whole soul. Be lowered in the water to baptize you. Come up. Next few moments, a little bit later, we're going to play music. I don't have to take a wait for you. 